one. Oh, Ooh, that, that was, was sick. That was intensely good. Ooh. I can't believe how on we were. Ooh. That was hot. All right. Hey, we're back. It's us. <laughs> we're here. Mm. It's nice to see everyone. I can't see anybody. You can see me. Wow. I can see you. Wow. I'm, thinking, I'm talking and about the listeners. we have a doggo sleeping under the tablo. You're so right. Uh, the Look dog has baby. insisted upon being in here with us. Very chill right where Emily's feet would go. Yeah. So that's good. Em, we're at my house. We are. Um, I told you that I drank your fireball because I'm a bad person. Yes. But also because I like booze. And once booze enters my house, it just goes I knew away. it was a risk leaving it here. And I appreciate that you knew that about me. Um, I did offer up. We have some things. However, you have brought some tasty looking treats. Maybe. So. So. I know you like Schafferhofer. Yes, I do. The Schafferhofer. Which is the grapefruit Hefeweizen. It's so, so fucking grapefruit good. Grapefruit cloudy unfiltered beer. Yes. This is a pomegranate Schafferhofer. This looks so... It's like a beautiful color, too. Right? It's like a really nice, like, purpley red. Yeah. I'm really into it. Dink it. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's different than I expected, but I like it. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, it is not as tart as I thought it would be mm -hmm. because of how tart the grapefruit Schaffehofer is. Emily looks unimpressed. It reminds me of cough syrup. I see where you're getting that a little bit. Um, If it was a little bit more on the cherry side, I would yeah. be having a problem. Yeah. For sure. I was always one of those kids that I can't do cherry flavored Robitussin or anything. Mm -mm. I almost, I would like rather take straight regular Robitussin than the cherry flavor. So Taylor's a sociopath. It's, they're both really bad. They're I'll both real really bad, but so it's a bad. different kind of bad. Yeah. The cherry flavor is, it, I think it ruined all cherry flavored things for me. Like it's fair. People, people love cherry flavoring and all I can think of is being very sick. Yes. <laughs> That's where I get orange flavoring from. Oh, really? Because, like, the Delsum, instead of the grape, they had the orange. Oh, yeah. I also really miss the bubblegum um, strep throat medicine. Oh, I never had I never had that. Oh. So, was it bubblegum or was it bubblegum flavor? Flavored. Oh, wow. I never had strep throat, so I I had it seven times in one year. What the fuck? Did they take I'm you in to be, fine. like, a carrier? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad, Em. Yeah. You're not supposed to have it that much. No. <laughs> soup's not. What that tells me is that you actually had it the whole time and you just stopped having symptoms for a while and then <laughs> get it back. I stopped having symptoms while I was taking the medication and then it lasted long enough and then it would start back up. Probably. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I, like, just because we're opposites, I am, uh, I believe immune to said disease. I have never had it and I have taken care of Jake when he has it and I've never gotten it. And neither has my mother. <laughs> like, it just runs in our family that we don't get strep. Hmm. So if you ever get strep and you need someone to take care of you and other people are paranoid, I'll fucking do it. Sweet. <laughs> like, I'm totally there. Last time I had it was in college when I was supposed to be going to my aunt's house for Christmas oh. on winter break. Oh. And I lived in the futon in the living room in our three-person apartment alone over Christmas with strep throat. Shit, that sucks. Oh, my God. There's no one there. No. You're supposed to be doing a lovely thing yep. at a lovely time of year. Mm -hmm. That really sucks. I think, actually, the last time Jake really had strep was also when we were, like, just out of college age. It's, mm -hmm. like, something you seem to grow out of a little bit. Yeah. You don't see a lot of adults getting full-on strep. No. Which is nice. Unless they have kids. Yeah, exactly. And that kid coughs into their mouth. Yes. <laughs> hey, all right. So... Are we going to, is the thing in the bag going to be like a seven-esque, I need to beg you to understand what's in there, or are you going to reveal this? I mean, I've already said it. Oh, you did? When? Oh, mm. you said it when I was gone. Mm-mm. When? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Oh. Was I trying to? <laughs> She's looking at me like, oh, sweet summer child who has no short-term memory and or wasn't paying attention. Wasn't paying attention. Super wasn't paying attention. Uh-oh. Well, mm. that's fun for everyone but me. 
Okay, I guess I'll find out when I find out, because mm-hmm. this is my fault. Who goes first? I think me. Okay. All so, right. Is this one sad too, Em? I done did already tell you it's going to be sad. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was just kind of hoping maybe you'd changed your mind about what story Ooh, you were doing. No, it's you very found a, timely. found a happy ending or... No? Okay. It's very timely. Okay. Well, that's not good because the times are bad. So... so Texas, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. Hey. Emily. So... <laughs> no. Texas, huh? I don't want to talk about Texas. I know. I hate it. I do have an important message, though. Oh, sure. Before I get into this story, and this Uh is supposed to be a few examples to help ground the white women reaching for Handmaid's Tale right now. (laughs) I'm just, you know, we don't need to look overseas for bad shit or go to a dystopian novel. No. For fiction. True. To try and find a grounding for what is happening when, um, oh, I don't know, people of color have been screaming about medical freedoms and, uh, yeah. mistreatment for a long fucking time. That's true. That's really been allowed to continue because of a lot of white women. Oh, what? Us? What? No. What? <laughs> You're when, right. It's not like people of color and indigenous people have been... The target of, like, white Republicans, like, gerrymandering and slavery and food deserts and racist banking and redlining and policing and lynch mobs and medical care and other things that I could continue to go on about, you know. So I am going to be talking about medical care, only this time I'm not going to be discussing the death of a trans woman who was left to die because people are disgusting. Oh, yeah. That one was yeah, awful. That one was awful. No, I'm going I'm to start with my own mm-hmm. story and then we're going to... Expand from there. Oh, okay. All so, right. So when I was in high school, I tended to be, as we like just discussed with strep throat, I tended to be a zebra when you heard hooves. Like if you hear like sure. the hoof beats, you're supposed to think horses, not zebras. You know That's what really I was funny? always told. I never, I never have heard that phrase until literally yesterday. And I heard it yesterday and now I'm hearing it again. That's super weird. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I was told it a lot as a kid when really? I would try and complain about something and a doctor would be like, well, you know. It's probably not When that. you hear hoofbeats, you're supposed to think horses, not zebras. What does that mean? They're, they was thinking like, oh, you're thinking of a different thing than you should be when right. you well, have these symptoms. It's not going to be anything unique or weird. So I'm not going to look into it too hard because it's probably just anxiety. Okay. Okay. Which is what I was told. Mm-hmm. Because I was getting really bad stomach pains mm-hmm. about a half an hour after I ate. Mm-hmm. And they were like debilitating. And no one believed me. They told me I had school anxiety because it happened in the morning, at lunch, and at dinner. Oh, you mean when you were eating? Mm-hmm. I'm- when I was eating food. And then mm-hmm. I'd get really, really bad cramping. And it's and, school anxiety. And they just were like, yeah, you're getting nervous about school before mm-hmm. school, during yep. school, and, and after, after school. school. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <sighs> and right. got an MRI because someone finally was like, okay, fine. And they're like, oh, we don't see anything. Okay. So continued on. Mm-hmm. It's been a few months now. And there's one morning where I'm just like on the floor screaming because I'm in so much pain. Did it get worse oh, and yeah. worse over time? Oh, yeah. Okay. And the pain came in waves, like something cramping, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so my mom took me to the ER. And my mother being the five foot three white woman that she was, <laughs> got very loud. <laughs> good. Very loud. <laughs> she Karen'd her way into oh, yeah. the situation. Oh. It's good. Yeah. Sometimes you can be a Karen for good. Yes. <laughs> and I got a CAT scan, and I remember drinking the solution that you're supposed to drink before you get a CAT scan while Osmosis Jones was playing. And I'm like, this is not that, what I want to watch right now. That, no, that why would they even have that on in a hospital? What is wrong with but them? But it sticks with you. It's a disgusting it movie. It sticks with you. It's oh, an awful movie. So terrible. And um, so I got my CAT scan, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, wow, you're 16 and you have gallstones. You need to get your gallbladder removed ASAP because they're now like blocking up 
things and like you could have some very bad fucking times so it was bad enough that they were like we're gonna remove your entire gallbladder yes. not the stones we can't remove the stones jesus we need to take out your entire gallbladder like great which cool okay yeah so i have surgery uh-huh. fairly quickly I imagine that's not something you can wait no. that long for anymore. It's waited so long already. Mm. Like, it, you have some time with it, but um, that time was wasted or, by anxiety. Sure. Well, maybe, and also they would have been able to give you some sort of medication for right, it in the beginning. Right, to try and break it up. Yeah. But I also didn't fit any of the parameters that they look for for gallbladder issues of, like, a middle-aged, overweight white woman. <laughs> sure. Because I was 16. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but, no joke, that's probably very rare, but yeah. still. But, like, the surgeon, as soon as he heard my symptoms, he's like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's gallstone. Like, of the pain comes is. in waves, and it's radiating from where my gallbladder was. He's like, yeah, and it's happening a half an hour after you eat, and I'm like, yes. He's like, yep, you have, you have gallstones. Why did no one diagnose this? You have gallstones. What the fuck? <laughs> so, had surgery. Uh-huh. They did not give me enough morphine after surgery. That sounds familiar to how, like, black people are treated. They never get enough pain medication. And it got so bad that they had to give me an emergency dose. Because I was, like, passing out from pain. Oh, good lord. Which, at 16, is traumatizing. Yeah. Um, So I had to get a shot in my butt for morphine. Because the IV wasn't going to be fast enough. Jesus. They just stuck you. Yeah. Everything was fine. And did you have to do any follow-up? Was it? I mean, obviously, you have post-operative stuff, but... The follow-up was fine, but those, like, that week was rough. I... Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, that really fucking blows. I do not... I'm sure you're wondering why I chose to talk about my gallbladder, of all things. Well, it's funny you should ask. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Is it? Is it funny? Taylor, are you familiar with gynecology? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I'm a yes. like, I have a yes. badge, so, like, I have, um, yeah, I've done it, some things. Yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with the history of gynecology? I think I know a little bit here and there. Um, it's all just, like, men poking around for, and, like, doing a bad job of it for a really long time, as far as I am aware. You're not totally wrong. <laughs> But it's worse. M. I have been to a museum where they show like medieval um like birthing tools. Oh, yeah. Um and yeah, like if that's any indication, um, then it was just like torture yeah. to be a woman yes. at a certain period. Yes, this man invented the speculum. Oh, okay. So we have him to thank for that. Great. Thanks, yes. sir. J. I mean, Marion Sims. Interesting. All He's right. known as the father of modern gynecology. Hello, sir. And is Labeled as contributing revolutionary tools and techniques to the medical field, mm-hmm. um, including something called the Sims position, which I haven't looked up. How did he get those breakthroughs? That's a great question. How does any uh, white man get any medical breakthrough? Experimentation on enslaved black women without the use of anesthesia. That sounds right. A quote. After perfecting the techniques on black enslaved women without anesthesia in America... Sims went on to offer the procedure in Europe to wealthy white women who were sedated. This man is arguably the most famous surgeon of the 19th century. I see him no different than Joseph Mengele, both pure monsters. Whoa. For anyone who doesn't know, Mengele was the Nazi SS physician who, um, physician is a strong fucking word. Yeah. He was a torturer who had a fascination with human bodies and liked to do a lot of experiments on twins to have a control and just a lot of really inhumane disgusting things Mm -hmm. at auschwitz yeah gross he was gross and somebody whose quote that was is saying like this guy's similar yes that quote was by vanessa northington gamble who's a professor at george washington university so she knows what's up yes um between 1846 and 1849 sims operated on at least 10 enslaved women without anesthesia um, we only know three of their names. Um, mm-hmm. Anarka endured at least 30 painful surgeries. 30? Mm-hmm. You just kept cutting into her? Yes. Yes. And then after he was done experimenting on slaves, he moved to New York and opened up a women's hospital. Yeah, because now he knows everything yes. about women. Yes. 
and then he, you know, like, treated white women with dignity and respect and anesthesia. I know that there is a period of time in our history before anesthesia was a thing. Even local anesthetic. Anesthesia really... was a thing here. Right. That's yeah. what I, all I'm saying is, like, like there, there was... was a time or, like, on a battlefield yeah. where you have to make some hard decisions quickly and you don't have time to sedate somebody. Right. Or even before it existed, like there were, if you were to have a surgery, it was like a life altering thing because you knew you were going to endure something truly horrific. Yes. Even if you survived and it made you better, it was like really bad pain. And Mm -hmm. some people did not recover well from that. They had PTSD about it. And we're talking at a time where that doesn't need to happen anymore. Because we figured out anesthetic and this guy's just not using it fucking because. He has a reason for that. Oh, great. I'm sure it's a good reason. unsurprisingly, let's do some fireball about it. Let's do some fireball about it. Already mad and sad. Uh, I say I like Fireball and then I drink Fireball. And (laughs) (laughs) Emily's face, her eyes are watering. (laughs) Did you get some in your fucking nose? Are you good? It like hit the roof of my mouth. Oh, God. So now it's just like stimulating everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, some people in the medical field have defended Sims, his methods, and his discoveries because he was... A product of his era. He was still operating on white women with the anesthetic, so he knew. He knew. He knew. Yeah. <laughs> also, stop using that excuse. Right. Like, <sighs> it's not true about your racist grandpa. <laughs> it's not true about a racist doctor mm-hmm. who knows that white women need the anesthesia. Right. Also, like, he might have answered some questions for us, but someone else could have done it in a more humane way and we'd still be in the but, same place today medically. I Fuck mean, you. Slaves also weren't viewed as human beings, so. Right. Just human enough to have all the body parts that you need to experiment right. on. So Vanessa Gamble continues on to say these women were property. These women could not consent. These women also had value to the slaveholders for production and reproduction. How much work they could do in the field how many enslaved children they could produce. Which is something we have talked about. I've Mm -hmm. talked about my familial history and my ancestors being used as breeding stock. Right. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, it's still out there today that a lot of doctors and like medical staff and nurses genuinely believe black people have a higher pain tolerance or don't feel pain. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yes. Like, what? (laughs) So that is why he decided not to use anesthesia or any other numbing techniques because black people didn't feel pain like white people did. What does that mean? So when they're screaming, they're doing that. Why again? For attention? Well, they might have been screaming because Sims also believed There were developmental differences between African-Americans and white people, namely that African-American skulls grew too quickly around the brain, making them less intelligent. Oh, no. He's like, he's one of those. Oh, what are those people? Phrenology. Phrenology. I fucking hate that shit. Fake science. And as was to be expected. Did you just finish that? No, I just glugged a good chunk of it. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, The ends justified the means is like what people are saying for what he did because there were enslaved women with fistulas and other medical issues that required gynecology that would have likely wanted the treatment badly enough to agree to be part of his experiments you're just making shit up now like you're literally just making shit up right we're jumping (laughs) through hoops to justify the the reactions and behaviors of people who are benefiting from torture. Right. This part is not the light. Mm. First of all, I'm going to have you guess how old Anarko was when he started experimenting on her. 14. 17. Okay, okay. I was really going far. I was so, I was really scared. 17 is still very young. It's very young. 
Um, so the other two that we know about from his own records is Lucy and Betsy, which I can guarantee were not their actual given oh, sure. birth names. Of course not, no. Slave names. Just, yeah. Uh, so Lucy was 18, had given birth a few months prior, and hadn't been able to control her bladder since. Sure. So this is not the light. Because during the procedure, patients were completely naked and asked to perch on their knees and bend forward onto their elbows, so their heads rested on their hands. Mm -hmm. She endured an hour-long surgery, screaming and crying out in pain. In that position? In that position, while nearly a dozen other doctors watched. Sims acknowledged that her agony was extreme. So he recognized that she was in pain. Yeah. Now you do. Interesting. And then she became extremely ill. She probably became septic because he decided to use a sponge to drain the urine away from the bladder, which then led her to contract blood poisoning and sepsis. Yeah. It took, um, this is part of his journals. I thought she was going to die. It took Lucy two or three months to recover entirely from the effects of the operation. Wow, I can't believe she didn't die. She must have been very strong. Right. Like, that that would kill a lot of people. So, Anarka, who we already talked about, as I said, had 30 operations done on her. It's just too fucking many of those. And he kept doing them because they weren't successful. Um, does it say what procedures he's doing on her? Like, what he's trying he's to He's trying to remove fistulas. Okay. So, she'd had a very traumatic labor and delivery. And then he finally was like, yes, I've perfected it after four years of experimentation. Ew. After four fucking years. Basically entirely on her. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple other people. Yeah. But- <sighs> Mainly her. Um, I don't have the information for Betsy. But, I mean, you can guess that it was... Extremely traumatic. Probably. There so, just isn't any info out there on her. No. It's mm. very limited. Yeah. Um, so a study was conducted by the University of Virginia, published in 2016, trying to dissuade the beliefs that black people don't feel pain. <laughs> That's 2016, everyone. <sighs> so we're still just, yep, we're still doing that. 2016. There was a study fucking done being like, hey... Black people feel pain like white people. Good God. Please stop perpetuating this lie. Good fucking God. People are dying. Yeah. Now, what he did to the enslaved women isn't the worst of it. Um, <laughs> how? Well, before he settled on gynecology, he tested other surgical treatments on enslaved black children. Children? Yes, trying to treat neonatal tetanus. Oh, God. With little to no success. Okay, so that one just didn't work. No. Um, he also would operate on children using a shoemaker's tool. This is sad. This is very fucking sad. To, bri- to pry their bones apart and loosen their skulls. Ah! Yes. Ugh. Loosen their skulls from what? Because he believed that their skulls grew too quickly around their brain. So he's literally just so trying he's to literally stop their trying skulls to from like yeah growing yeah. The fuck, dude! You're an idiot on top of he's everything a else. Monster who had a statue in front of one of the schools out east until 2018. Like there was a statue proclaiming him the father of gynecology. Ew. Yes. Fuck no. And there had been protests in 2017, I think. And then it finally got removed in 2018. Good. I mean, should have not been built, but like, good that it's not there anymore. Right. So, like I said, he went off to create the first ever women's hospital. Where... People still, like, he was still testing things on people, but, mm-hmm. like, now he was sedating the white women. But when any of his patients died, 
He would blame, quote, the sloth and ignorance of their mothers and the black midwives who attended them. He did not think anything was wrong with what he was doing. He was not responsible for their deaths. So it was literally like, let me blame it on the black people who happened to be in the room at the yes. time or caring for them afterward yes. or their own mothers. Yes. So, like, this man hates black people and then he hates women. Yes. Like, definitely one first, but then also the other. Yes. And he is a gynecologist. Yes. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Also, complete narcissist. There's no Absolute fucking narcissist. One. Complete sociopath. A lot of doctors are. Well, I mean, yeah, you kind of surgeons. Have to be. Fucking yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. You have to be. You have to have balls of steel. You have to think that like you are God, the one who's gonna yes. do it for somebody. You're, You're gonna going save to save someone. somebody's sight or hands or back or ability to walk or you're going to save their fucking lives you're going to hold their heart in your hand and you're going to get a beating and you're going to put it back in their chest and they're going to be walking around because of you yes yeah and you have to do that because otherwise like the nerves about maybe killing a person at any fucking second would destroy you if you were like normal or something (laughs) but also this guy's still way over the line correct holy shit so while there's not a lot of historically, like, accurate information about the women who did fucking survive him, somehow. I, I mean, honestly, I can't believe. Somehow. Good God. There is a play that came out a few years ago or, really? like, recently. Shit. Called Behind the Sheet. I bet it's fucking tragic. And it's told from the perspective of three of the enslaved women. Hmm. Um, It was written by Charlie Yvonne Simpson. So if you Google behind the sheet play, Mm -hmm. there's lots of lovely photos there. I think there's some clips on YouTube. Oh, God. But, you know, I want to watch those at your own emotional risk. Right. But next time you have a gynecology appointment, thank a black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you get some forceps up in there. Yeah. Think about how the guy who invented those, probably a much worse, shittier, like a metal, they're huge well, version. He shoemaker's tools first and then <sighs> went from there. So if you look at like... the design of the speculum, it actually makes sense. Jesus. Anyways, I'm going to keep drinking this fireball. Oh, did I just break your brain a little bit? I'm just really sad. Okay. I'm really sad. And also, I'm now I'm trying to think of, like, shoemaker's tools that then just morph into, like... You know, like not, the shoehorn? Yeah, like, it's like, that's just it, isn't it? Except that eventually they just There's made it so it kind of go, boop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just change the curve a little bit. Add some handles. Look, I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. And... No, it was not, Emily. Uh, know, shit. Think about it. I am... Think... About Anarka, Betsy, and Lucy. I am. If you need a starting point of getting mad about the Texas abortion ban, because it is a full-on abortion ban. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's like a bounty on women's. There is. Heads. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some more Fireball. Yep. Well, Emily, mine's not as bad as that. So, cool. I mean, it's still sad, but not not like that. Still sad. I have never... It's been many episodes since I needed a harp noise as bad as I need one now. Yeah? Are you willing to give us one? I can harp. Are you ready? Yeah. Beady Wong! (laughs) You're right. Beady Wong can say this. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) You started recording and you didn't even tell me. Have you been recording this entire time? I just pushed Oh. So there's oh. going to be a chunk. We haven't clapped yet. No, you're right. We should. Okay. Three, two, one. God, we're fucking oh good. God. Almost too good up in this bitch. Slick. Mm, good shit. All right. We both finished the fireball. Yeah. I'm working on my shuffle. Same. If you want something my else, we have um, regular beer as well. I can't get this back. I can't. Okay. I was just going to say. Okay. That's fine. Well, you ripped the whole bottom part of it off. <laughs> I did. Got insecure. It was sticky. <laughs> it was sticky. All right. Are you ready to get sad in a different way? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to start with a quote. Mm. Mm. 
like to go. Yes. Uh, for years afterwards, at gatherings of any size in Dakota or Nebraska, there would always be people walking on wooden legs or holding fingerless hands behind their backs or hiding missing ears under hats. I was just like, without context, that's a weird quote. It's going first. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, Well, I have a couple thoughts. Oh, good. Do you want to see if any of them are right? Yeah. Is this about, A, the railroad? No. B, thieves? No. C, explosions? No. (gasps) D, industrial revolution? No, although, like, the timing on a lot of these things is correct. You're thinking the right era of history? Uh, but different reasoning. Mm. That's fun. Um, have you ever heard of the Little Ice Age? Yes. So, <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, so there's one. There's actually one. The real Little Ice Age is from is like the entirety of the 1500s, um, yeah. which is also like the Black Plague and like it's fine. It's it's like a really shitty time in history. Yeah, um, we're doing the opposite of it right now. We're yeah, into that exactly. This one last. That one lasted a whole century. This one I'm I'm talking about lasted about six years. It's like more of a micro ice age, but they do refer to it as like a tiny little ice age. Oh, cute guy. The Krakatoa. Erupted. <laughs> <laughs> I love the lack of a breath there. Yeah, so the the thing that happened was that the Krakatoa. So the Krakatoa. <laughs> Krakatoa erupted. Greatest name of all time of any mountain, any volcano. It erupted in nineteen or in eighteen eighty three, and it's the same nineteen eighty. Yeah, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, we would remember. It's uh, due for another eruption, yeah. but uh, yeah, exactly. Like that's. That's over 100 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it erupted in 1883. It did, it did a big boom. It spewed so much crap into the atmosphere that it prevented, like, that it prevented solar radiation from reaching us, like, around the globe. So oh. we're talking all cover on everywhere. And it lowered the average temperature of the northern hemisphere by 2.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Shit. Which doesn't sound like a lot, and but is a lot. It is. It, it makes really, a huge impact. Absolutely. Because that we're talking... That's a that's a like hemispheric effect. So we're talking like climate and its effects on weather. Yeah, I mean you fuck around with the temperature of the ocean for a little bit, mm-hmm. even just like half a degree, and it sets off a whole chain of events. Exactly, the ecosystem of our entire planet is very complicated, and a lot of things depend on other things. And it so, should be protected. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so. The effects of this are largely thought to have lasted from 1883 through 1888, where the re- the weather was just unseasonably cold and wet, like, everywhere. The winter of 1888, not to be outdone by all the previous years, this was its, like, last hurrah. This winter was incredibly harsh, especially in the area where our story takes place, even before it was half over. So this winter just sucked balls the whole time. We're mainly talking about Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, um, parts of Wisconsin as well, um, and the Dakotas for sure. But parts of Minnesota by this point in the year had already seen temperatures below zero since November. No. So yeah, I mean, no. Oh my God! Imagine it being that ter- no. that cold in November. We no, can't. Good. We can't Thank with you. that. No. No. Nope. No. 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 Can't no, be no. doing it. Um, some places had received buckets of snow already. Like, early on in the season, we're talking 39 inches of snow by December in some places. That's many of those. That's over three feet of snow, and the winter isn't even really getting started. (laughs) So, it's already been shitty. Why are you telling me this horror story? So, yeah, I know. (laughs) It's about to get so much worse. Taylor! (laughs) So, it's January 12th, 1888. People had been stuck in their houses, only, like, going out for necessary provisions for about a week because there'd just been snow after snow after fucking snow. It had been raging since January 6th. So everyone's all cooped up. But on the 12th, the snow finally stopped and the clouds parted and the temperature began to rise and everyone's, like, really stoked about it. It's the nicest day they've had since October, probably. This is a largely agrarian culture. 1888, like, we're talking Minnesota is a state, but Nebraska is not, I think. 
Um, like Wisconsin's a state, yeah. but some of these other like Western ones are still just areas that where pioneers have sort of just started settling down. We're forcing the native people to migrate like assholes, and we're just plopping buildings down wherever we want. And there, it's not well done, but we sure are doing it. Sure um, are massacring. Yeah, we. So it's it's pretty early on in in these areas, um, and so we're mostly just farming. Lots of farmers. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and you know a farmer; they're working. All the time. Yeah. So they weren't able to work for this last week. So as soon as, you know, the clouds part and the sun comes out, they're like, fuck it, I'm working. Yeah. They start running to get provisions from the stores in, in town. They they head to places on their land where they've been storing their extra firewood to go get some of that. They tend to their animals, that sort of thing. If their animals are still alive. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh, they're mostly all right so far. They're doing fine. Um, I'm scared. It's so warm compared to what they're used to at this point, that children head off to their one-room schoolhouses, because that's what we've got. Uh-oh. Without coats. No. Without hats, without mittens. No. Yeah. No. Uh, it's not great. No. Don't do that. The what sun it- has to set eventually. <laughs> it does. It sure oh does. Or I wouldn't be telling it. Days are short. Whatever it is, it's probably it's probably like 25 to 30 degrees max. Yeah, it's max. a heat wave. Yes. Yeah. Heat wave. Uh, even anyone now, from the Midwest. Oh yeah. When you've been in the throes of like the deep freeze, it's been negative fucking yeah. twenty. And then you get above twenty degrees oh. Fahrenheit, and you're just like, oh my god, like, where am I? Shorts? shorts. I'm going for a bike yep. ride. <laughs> We're going for a walk. I'm wearing flip flops to the store. Yes. Trudging through snow because it's nice. You mean I can step outside and not immediately want to die? Yes. Perfect. So that's how these people are feeling. It feels like summer out there. It's even so warm that snow begins to melt at high noon. Like, it's, sure. it's pretty nice. That's so, all going to turn into fucking ice. So our survivor mm. is named Minnie Freeman. And she's a teacher in Mira Valley, Nebraska, uh, which is still a territory at this time. So, haha, I was right. Oh. So Minnie Freeman is 19 years old. Okay. But she's a she's a whole ass teacher. Because, you know, yes. she's been an adult for a couple years now. Yes. <laughs> so she got a career and whatnot. Yeah. She's unmarried. No, but, that's uh, why she, she's you know, a teacher. Yeah, yeah. She's killing it, though. It's Career fine. woman here. Yeah. Yes. So she she's off to her one-room schoolhouse where she's sure. going to teach 13 kids to just, I don't know, write or whatever. Sure. That's probably all they got. Um... <laughs> Like her students, she is dressed for the warmer weather. She taught lessons as usual for the morning as the weather outside continued to clear and be very nice. And then as the children broke for lunch, it started. Cue the creepy music. Taylor. I'm just going to go ahead and take a drink. I have a concern. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take a longer drink. (laughs) <laughs> mm. do you happen to have another one of those that i could uh <laughs> just steal story's not going anywhere you know thank you so much taylor <laughs> i just really <laughs> don't do to me what i do to you that's not nice oh uh, well that's all we're ever doing <laughs> That's not nice. That's not maidenly. <laughs> You're so right. I've never been one of those. And neither of you. <laughs> Swallow it. <laughs> I was taking a drink. Yes, you were. Oh, but I'm right, though. Fuck you. Now, I want to make it clear that our survivor is in rural Nebraska, and what's about to happen happened all over the Midwest. Like, I'm saying Nebraska, Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. Fuck them, Everyone though. got wrecked. And, like, they would have seen it coming, like, but not, not like, in the way that you understand the wet. Like, you can look at the radar and be like, six hours from now, it's going to rain for five minutes. That's not how these guys saw this coming. There was no warning. Except, like, when you could see it coming over the horizon. It is a storm that a man named Carl Salty called a dark and heavy wall builded up around... The Northwest coming fast, coming like those heavy thunderstorms, like a shot. Samuel Glenn 
was actually he had a stomach bug, but he was still just like up on a roof fixing a weather vane at the time the storm comes in. And he says the air for about one minute was perfectly calm. Uh oh. And voices. Yeah, you don't want that. And voices and noises on the street below appeared as though emanating from great depths. A peculiar hush prevailed over everything. In the next minute, the sky was completely overcast by a heavy black cloud, which had in a few minutes previously hung suspended along the western and northwestern horizon, and the wind veered to the west with such violence as to render the observer's position very unsafe up on a roof. He's up on a roof. The air was immediately filled with snow as fine as sifted flour. Mm. The wind veered to the northeast and then back to the northwest in a gale which in three minutes attained a velocity of 40 miles per hour. Three minutes. All of a sudden it's like, (laughs) like, fuck you. Yeah, sometimes you just sneeze and there's a storm. Yeah. In five minutes after the wind changed, the outlines of objects 15 feet away were not discernible. So in some places... Within three minutes of the storm moving in, not only did the, like, wind, like, reach 40 miles an hour, the temperature dropped 18 degrees in three minutes, which is, like, not a thing that is supposed to happen. No, it's super not. But it does happen, like, not to that extent anymore, but it does Mm -hmm. still happen in the Midwest Mm -hmm. where there's just a sudden temperature drop. And it's not pleasant. No. We are absolutely in that area where it's like, don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah. Things go into Walgreens suddenly. and come back outside and it's a completely different temperature. <laughs> right. But this is, even by this standpoint, like, this this is extreme. Yeah. Um, like, usually it takes, like, at least an hour to really see some shit. This is very fast. So Samuel is not the only one who reported snow-like flour that starts falling very rapidly as well. Some people called it ice dust. Like, it's not snow. It's not falling in big clumps. It is tiny little ouchy flash frozen pieces of snow that stick to people's faces and the wind gets up to 80 miles an hour in some places usually it's about 60 or 40 and so the snow is shooting sideways at 80 miles an hour into people's faces it is freezing their eyes shut and even when that doesn't happen like you can't see it is whiteout conditions within five minutes Climatologist Mark Seeley said on PBS, because I watched a video by PBS about this, he said, you couldn't see from the barn to the house. You couldn't see from the school to the road. That's one feature of that storm that was so terrible and led to such high fatalities. I know, it sucks. So technically, Minnie Freeman, our survivor, and her students were lucky to have been inside at the time the storm hit. In other areas, like Minnesota, because the storm was further away from Minnesota. It came from the west. The storm hit later, and at the end of the day, when children were walking home without their fucking coats on and shit. So they're just, suddenly they're fine. Like, one minute they're fine, and then suddenly they're in a blizzard, and they're not home, and they can't see, and they're not wearing a coat. So that's bad. So the wind is howling outside. Minnie is just, at least she's inside a schoolhouse, but but she's stuck inside like a one room, like ramshackle ass. Like they built this one in a day and they stuck kids in it. Like it's not good. The wind is blowing really fast. Hail like snow is pounding on the windows. And in a matter of a couple of hours, they watched the thermometer drop to 20 below zero. It was 20 above zero. (laughs) And now it's 20 below. Some teachers in Minnie's position, some teachers in Minnie's position chose to let students out immediately As soon as they saw the shit coming, they were like, go home. Hoping that they'd make it home before the storm worsened. Just hoping. Yeah, you gotta hope. Um, Usually those people were very unfortunately wrong. Yeah. That was not a good decision on a lot of people's parts. Unfortunately, like this meant that like children were getting lost on their way home, often freezing to death. Yeah. Sometimes literally just yards from their own houses. It's like they'd find them in the snow days maybe a week later, and they'd just be so close. So many other teachers chose at first to keep students in their schoolhouses and either ran out of fuel to keep them warm, or they became worried about the structural integrity of their, like, shitty little schoolhouses. Yeah. And they were forced to try to make a break for it. No. Uh, Minnie found herself in the second circumstance 
So the door to their house, their schoolhouse, like blows inward, blasts it off its hinges. Like it fully just like blows back and hits them where they're all huddled in the back of the, the school. Yeah. So she and the children try to nail it back in place. And as they do, and they're sort of holding it and it seems like it's going to be fine. Then the tar paper roof rips off the fucking place and the storm is just inside now. Mm. So they have to move before, before the whole place comes down around them. So we're going to check in on some other people on that note real quick. So meanwhile, shit is bad just like all over the place. Mm-hmm. South Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota, they're all being pummeled all at the same time. This is a really big storm. Farmers everywhere are losing livestock. Yes. On one, in one article I, I read, reported about a, um, a 36-year-old Scottish immigrant named James Jackson. He discovered his cattle herd frozen and laying along this, like, 10-mile stretch from northwest to southeast. Like, they just, they're marking the current of the wind, so they're all, like, being blown in one direction, like, facing (laughs) the same way and just diagonal, collapsed on the ground. They are frozen fucking solid, except for a, a couple of them. Some of them are alive, and they managed to get them back to the barn and thawed out and this is gross but their frozen flesh came off in chunks like they are just frostbite is no fucking joke it is nasty yeah absolutely nasty some people similarly exposed to the elements just like the cows would lose fingers and toes sometimes they would lose whole hands and feet yeah and then like many many people even after the fact died of infections that set in after they had to have body parts amputated well, I mean, it starts with your fingers and toes and your hands and your feet. And then it goes to your nose. Oh, your and nose. It, yeah. yeah. And it's your ears. Nasty. Ugh, yeah. When someone doesn't it's have a nose. Nasty. Yuck. That's not really what you want. No. You know? I think I'd rather lose an e- I'd rather you lose both ears than lose my nose. No. Really? I'd rather lose a hand. A hand? Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, my dude. I can't. I, I can still sing. You might still be able to hear properly with your... Like, you still got the little canals. You just got the dumb little flaps. You just need to, like, have someone have a little cone. I like my flaps. You like your little flaps? All right. But you need your hands for stuff, too. Eh. Eh. <laughs> okay, so Herman Brusky was a German immigrant with a wife, Joanna. They had three children and another on the way very soon. On January 11th, Herman walked to town for supplies and never returned. No. His frozen body wasn't found for a week. Uh. The Minneapolis Tribune macabrely, like they were like being kind of dicks about it, but they noted that his and other recovered corpses were frozen so solid that if you hit them, they made a metallic sound. Who the fuck is out here hitting corpses? Who the fuck is out here reporting on that? Is there some asshole in the press just being like, let me just get a spoon real quick and hit this guy? (laughs) I need a sound clip. Gross. Um, You're nasty. And this was actually my favorite one because this was... people grieve. Yeah, right. Fuck. This one's the weirdest one. So, Because being inside really only helped so much, even if your house wasn't a piece of shit. So this is a newspaperman. Uh, Charles Morse, he is the founder of Lake Benton News, and he recounted that my sleeping quarters were on the second floor leading off a hallway at the head of the stairs. On arriving home, I found the wind had forced open the door and the stairway was packed with snow. And when I reached my room, I found my bed covered with several inches of snow, which had filtered over the threshold and through my keyhole. The blizzard blasted through the keyhole in his room (laughs) and it was covered in snow. That's how forceful it was and how much snow there was and how tiny each little snow like granule was. I know I'd be pissed. Why are you telling me this horror story? Isn't it horrible? Winter is fucking coming. Why are you doing this? I'm so sorry. Back to Minnie. Um, (laughs) Minnie looked around for anything in the schoolhouse that she could use and she found herself a ball of twine. She began, yeah, she began to wrap it in loops around all the little bodies of the children and then around herself. And then she's like, she's binding them all together in a line. Okay. 
She scoops the smallest child into her arms and she tells them they're going to head for the nearest neighbor's house. They can't stay here. They just have to try. Quote from Minnie. I have never felt such a wind. It blew the snow so hard that the flakes stung your face like arrows. All you could see ahead of you was a blinding, blowing sheet of snow. She had given every child a buddy in addition to tying them all together. So a bigger child with a smaller child. No one was getting left behind. She told them that if anyone had to stop for any reason, they would all stop and they would wait until they could all go. The house they headed toward was three quarters of a mile away. That's too far. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's too fucking far. That's too fucking far. It's too fucking far. That's almost too far for me anytime. (laughs) That was too far for me in the first big polar vortex when I had to walk to start my car on my lunch. Gross. It was about a quarter to a half a mile away. Was that just to make sure it wasn't dead? Yes. By the middle of the day. To literally just turn it on and let it run. Yep. That's, That's what too happens far. when it gets really, really cold out is that things just die on you. So you have to brave how cold it is yes. to like go make sure your pipes don't freeze and your yeah. car doesn't, battery doesn't die. And it's too cold. And it's, it's too, too far. Cold. It's too fucking cold. So it's slow moving. Obviously, these are children. The snow's crazy. She's leading them though. They don't explain how Minnie doesn't get lost because there are a lot of stories of people just straight up getting lost. Right. Like, but, you just get turned around. Like, I think if you if you don't look for landmarks and you, just... and you let your body take its, like, normal walking path. Mm-hmm. You just kind of feel your way. Yeah. I also like to think, I wonder, like, people were alone and it's easy to sort of get turned around in the wind and not realize what direction you're heading. Right. But she's got a line of children that came from the school behind her. So theoretically, as long as she doesn't veer them way off, if she just heads straight away from that line of children in the same direction as as their little line makes, like you got to hope that you're headed towards something. As long as you started out pointed in the right direction and you didn't fall down at some point and get disoriented, maybe that's it. Maybe. But like... She manages to do it. However she does it, she manages to keep her and the children going in the right direction. Amazing. Amazing. And eventually, through this craziness, they make it to this fucking farmhouse three quarters of a mile away. It must have... It probably felt like an eternity. They have to be moving so fucking slow. They probably have to stop a bunch. She's carrying a kid. The adrenaline. Right. Like, just knowing you have to do this or everybody dies. Literally everybody. So the farmhouse has a warm fire and plenty of quilts for the children to get warm in. They're happy to take everybody in. And with all her systems in place, no one had gotten lost. All the children made it out of the storm. Wow. All 13. Yeah. Holy shit. That's a lot of kids to be responsible for. If she hadn't found the twine. Right? They would have lost. I mean, you can You, you can, can only try to... hold hands for so long. Exactly. The wind's kids very strong. Kids get cold. Hands start cramping. Mm-hmm. Lots of reasons why a kid might let go. And yeah. then that kid and every kid behind them is, is gone. fucked. Yeah. So this is the aftermath. So temperatures over the course of that storm would drop nearly 100 degrees in some places. Oh, like we're talking mid 30s to 40 down to below zero mid 30s to 40. And the storm lasted for 18 hours. It's a pretty long time for it to be really terrible. That's why people froze to death, because it's a long time. And that's also why you should not, like, take a blizzard for granted. (laughs) Yeah. Because they can last for a really fucking long time, and it can be really destructive for a long ass time. They are not always quick. No. That is for sure. An estimated 230 to 500 people, they have no idea how many, died. I even saw as many as a thousand. Sure. These are all estimates. It's like sometimes they could identify people, but for the most part. Well, and for the places that aren't states yet that don't have like. They don't keep records. Census data. Exactly. We have no idea. But it's it's in the hundreds for sure. The storm was something that affected almost everybody in that area. January, January 12th became one of those days where, like, you knew where you were when it happened. I bet. Like, everybody had a story about the blizzard. Mm-hmm. This, by the way, this is called the school children's blizzard. That's what they call it. 
because it killed so many kids specifically. Mm. It's like really sad. Like it specifically was really tough for them because of the time of day it hit. So fortunately, one good thing that came of it is that they changed the way like we were building schoolhouses in many parts of the Midwest at that point. Sure. We decided to pass some laws in various areas that would mean you couldn't just build it out of fucking nothing. You had to start making those things. Yeah. You had to start making schoolhouses out of sturdier stuff because your children are there. Yeah. As for Minnie, this is my favorite. Her story of heroism spread. She became known nationally as Nebraska's fearless maid. Good. Yeah. Some reports said that she received over 200 marriage proposals. I'm shocked. Tons of letters and gifts from all around the country. That is the male response. Yeah, right? To be like, I want that one. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, you no. really don't. You she think doesn't you fucking do, you want don't. you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. A song called 13 was were saved." Thirteen were saved was written about her story of survival and bravery. Mm. And eventually, Minnie would marry. She would become Minnie Freeman Penny, and she continued to be a total badass for the rest nice. of her life. Minnie was a social and political activist. Good. Um, she was the first Republican National Committee woman to represent Nebraska. That was when Republicans was the good side. Yeah. Um, still, just barely, but still. All questionable. Um, the first president of the Nebraska American Legion Auxiliary, state president of the Federation of, of Women's Clubs, part of the team that established the new Nebraska state seal, and a delegate appointed by two Nebraska governors to local and national conferences. She just kept doing it. Um, I believe eventually she moved to Chicago and she died at what we believe was the age of 75. And of the heroic act that saved 13 children, she said she didn't want really any fame or notoriety about it. Quote, too much has already been said of an act of simple duty. And that's her. That's Minnie Freeman and the school children's blizzard. (laughs) The worst name for a blizzard ever. (laughs) One more fun fact about that shitty story is that, like, literally a month or two later, the um, the largest blizzard to ever hit the East Coast would hit. That one is called the Great Blizzard of 1888. So if you want a separate blizzard story that is just as bad, <laughs> same year, bad year. I've been finding, I really, I find that the the natural ones are really speaking to me a lot more lately. I yeah. realize both of us haven't really done a lot of true crime. I personally, I think it's just because I don't want to talk about the worst people imaginable. Uh, but also, I think it's time I do one. So next time, I'll probably do true crime. Because <laughs> I was like, I think it's been five now. <laughs> I just haven't even touched someone did something bad to someone yeah. else. I mean, I did it the last one. Yes, but... you've been better at that. At that. And this one, that I think, counts. Those were crimes he did. Yes. And they were true. Yes, those were definitely crimes. Not that anyone at the time, nor still currently, fully recognizes right. them. He as didn't go to jail. Right. Oh, no. He didn't go to trial. He was glorified. Yeah. He had a statue. Yes. So I still think it counts as true crime in its own way, though. So disgusting. Uh, well, are you ready to sign off? these lovely people yeah dope thank you guys so much for joining us again yes. on this episode of the uh oh feeling in which we have made ourselves sad once more for your entertainment we should have made that the podcast slogan right we make ourselves sad for, for your, your entertainment. entertainment yeah i thought i like that a lot actually oh. um <laughs> i think you should be like minnie freeman uh you know things get tough and you just lead 13 children out of a blizzard and don't fucking worry about it and you should absolutely absolutely. you shouldn't have to be you shouldn't have to be but you can have the resilience of lucy and betsy and anarka and the other seven plus women yeah i I agree that like may the world never make you have to be like them but i imagine they were incredibly strong yes and i'm proud of them and we're proud of you guys Thanks again for joining Fuck us. Texas. Fuck Texas. And fuck the bounty hunters going after women and the people making plots to sexually assault women and then report them. Let's keep spamming websites until keep they gotta shut them down. spamming websites. Keep reaching out to your representatives. Mm-hmm. 
I wrote a not nice thing to Ron Johnson. <laughs> He's uh, used to it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Can I read that? I already sent it. I'll tell you what it said, though. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep keep doing that. Send not Be nice things. loud. Yeah, to not Take nice people. Take a stand. People. Yeah. And if you're in Texas and you need medical help, you have cousins in Wisconsin. So what's up? Yeah, that's Hi. right. What's up? I have a couch. Let's I go. can't promise we could pay for you to come up here, no, but you but could stay here. I don't know how to cook for one person, so there's always food. That's so true. I'm very bad at cooking for small groups. <laughs> I um have benefited from that yes. many times, and yes. you could too. <laughs> be in touch, people. Um, Yeah, be safe out there. Keep being nice to each other. And uh, don't ever, ever, ever forget your can of gasoline. It's a gasoline one, people. We all knew it. Fucking burn the patriarchy down. (laughs) Among other things. Eat the rich. (laughs) 